Hi, Jesse. This is Bella. Congratulations on a thousand episodes of Set Lusting Bruce. That is such a massive and amazing accomplishment. I am so proud of you and so honored to be a listener to this great show. I absolutely love Set Lusting Bruce. Every single episode is like a shot of joy and positivity into my heart, and I always look forward to your takes on Bruce Springsteen, music, and life in general. Congratulations on a thousand episodes, and I can't wait to listen to a thousand more. As for, you know, the crisis of faith, you know, that moves us to what are our expectations for artists, you know, that we are fans of? What what expectations do, do we get to have of them? What expectations do they get to have of us? You know, at a very basic level, it's produce good, you know, art for us, and we will buy it in one form or other, either an album or uh, at a live performance. You produce something continually good and, and we will buy it. That's the basics. I would say that we have broken that promise already as a society, maybe not as individuals, because we started stealing music. Everyone decided it was okay. Like we just kicked the legs out of uh, their uh, revenue stream by downloading music for free. And the whole industry had to change because of that. So are we going to take the bullet for that? Um, are we the the tail that's going to wag the dog? Uh, I mean, we are the dog in that scenario. So part of that promise and a general rule has already been broken. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Leslie Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am the second take, Jesse Jackson. Uh, I am talking to my buddy, Craig Colby, award-winning documentary, and we are here talking Bruce Springsteen, and uh, we're going to catch up. We're going to talk about the tour, but we're going to kick off with a discussion of Craig put out, I think, one of the most um, well-rounded discussions about everything involved with this tour. You're not the boss of me, how Bruce Springs alienated his most rabid fans and why that's a good thing. So first off, Craig, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Very, very happy to be here again. So um, for those of but you tell me, how do you want to start? Do you want to talk about what what inspired you to write this? Do you want to summarize your thoughts? Um, where, where do we want to start? Well, I think we should start with uh, what inspired me to write that article in the first place. And a lot of Bruce Springsteen fans have, have read it. Uh, it's the most visited page on my site, and my site's been around for seven years. So obviously, it was a hot-button topic. But what really inspired me to write it was when Backstreet's magazine uh, decided they weren't going to publish anymore. And I found that out after the first day of the tour where I went to Backstreet's page to look at the set list and their awesome context. And they had made their announcement that they uh, weren't going to publish anymore, largely because of what they called a crisis of faith 
over Bruce Springsteen's decision to take part in the dynamic uh, ticket prices. So that brought a lot of ideas to mind for me. Uh, one is, well, who is responsible for these tickets? None of us like the ticket prices. You know, none of us do. Uh, and what is that relationship between an artist and his fans? So that was the inspiration for writing the article. And in the spirit of disclosure, you have tickets for the tour, correct? I do. Yeah. I have I have tickets. I have tickets for four shows. So, okay. you know, and a lot of people, so I am going to the shows for sure. Yeah. And I'm and, not happy about paying so much, but I'm, but I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and I um, had tickets for four, um, did not make my fourth one in Tulsa because of COVID. Um, as we're recording this, um, they just announced that Columbus, which was supposed to be tonight, is being postponed due to illness. So I assume that means that Bruce, uh, because you can almost make the, I mean, almost anyone else's, you can shift the lineup if you're the baseball manager, but if you don't have Bruce, that makes for a tough show, correct? Or if you don't have Max. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, could be one of those. Um, so anyway, um, you've got four shows coming up. Um, I, I have mixed feelings. I absolutely think that in some cases I overpaid for tickets, right? Tulsa specifically, I ended up not going, but I paid almost 200 bucks a ticket for three tickets to go to Tulsa. Could have got them for 40 or 50 bucks if I had waited. Um, but do you want to take the chance the tickets won't be available, right? So what? there's that juggling. So talk to me a little bit about your feelings about backstreet losing this crisis of faith and and talk about your uh, i am biased bruce springsteen has been a good companion for me for such a long time that it i cannot think of anything that would alienate me from his music but give me your thoughts well there's a couple things here right like first of all the ticket prices yeah. um Who's responsible for those ticket prices? Uh, you know, the thing that infuriates me is when the Toronto shows, I'm from Toronto, when the Toronto shows were announced, uh, StubHub had tickets for sale and seats assigned, or at least rows assigned and sections assigned before they went on sale to us. So, you know, that just stinks, right? That's just blatantly unfair. Somebody has deals with Ticketmaster that... Uh, are putting them at the front of the line and have driven up prices because it's not just selling to us fans. It's selling to these other brokers who are going to resell them that drives up prices, right? So we are upset about that. I am upset about that. You know, if they had, if they sold tickets to an event where we could all throw uh, rotten produce at the executives of Ticketmaster, I would overpay for those tickets. But the question in all of this is how responsible is Bruce Springsteen for those ticket prices? Um, I would say not very. Like, what do we expect Bruce Springsteen to do in this situation? You know, uh, he's a premier artist and he's decided to charge market rate, right? So I don't think we can blame him for the ticket prices. I don't think we can blame him for the markets. You know, when we were paying $12, $50 or $25 for tickets, that's what they charged. You know, Bruce wasn't in charge of that either. So I don't think we can 
expect Bruce Springsteen to overhaul commerce or or be start a company that's going to revolutionize ticket prices. There's a problem. I don't think it's Bruce Springsteen's job to fix it. As for, you know, the crisis of faith, uh, you know, that moves us to what are our expectations for artists, you know, that we are fans of? What what expectations do do we get to have of them? What expectations do they get to have of us? You know, at a very basic level, it's produce good, you know, art for us and we will buy it in one form or other, either an album or uh, at a live performance. You produce something continually good and, and we will buy it. That's the basics. I would say that we have broken that promise already as a society, maybe not as individuals, because we started stealing music. Everyone decided it was okay. Like we just kicked the legs out of uh, their uh, revenue stream by downloading music for free. And the whole industry had to change because of that. So are we going to take the bullet for that? Um, are we the the tail that's going to wag the dog? Uh, I mean, we are the dog in that scenario. So part of that promise and a general rule has already been broken. And once you can't make revenue there, well, you're going to make revenue somewhere. And especially after all of these artists, not just Bruce, have been sitting at home for three years, you know, Bruce longer than that. Like, they're going to make up some money. So hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. If a, if a trust has been broken in a general way, fans broke it kind of first. But let's look, let's drill down to Bruce Springsteen and look at, you know, what our expectations are of him. And let's compare him to a few other artists. And the article that I wrote, I took out a whole section where I looked at uh, other artists. You know, one of my favorite debates is, can you still listen to music of someone if they have done from questionable to reprehensible things? Can you listen to Michael Jackson and not think about the trial, he was found not guilty, but there were jurors that said it was because the evidence wasn't presented correctly. Can you listen to, can you listen to Michael Jackson? You and, know? And, and to put it in personal terms, right? I was watching the documentary on Woody Allen and you know, you're just like, gosh, this is so creepy. But then I am a huge Josh Whedon fan. Uh, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly is one of my favorite TV series. But when you read how horrible Josh Whedon acted as, you know, as when he was a producer and the way he treated people, I, I all of a sudden understand separating the art from the artist. Uh, and so I think that's an individual choice people have to make, correct? I agree too. Uh, you know, I, my wife and I have season tickets to the Canadian opera company and they, when they opened a new opera house, they staged Wagner's ring cycle. And I personally think that's the greatest achievement in art. He composed all the music. He wrote all the libretto. He had an opera house built for it. And he had instruments invented to make the sounds that he wanted made. It's 16 hours of, of brilliance. Uh, I'm not going to go through the details of Wagner's existence, but I can tell you he's a horrible human being, maybe one of the worst ever to walk the earth. I encourage the viewers just to do even a cursory search of the things he's done. It, is it an advantage that he's been dead for hundreds of years? Sure. But, you know, those things remain. And the new movie, uh, the Academy Award nominated movie Tar, they deal with that too. So it's an individual decision on can you do that? Can you not? I think it's a great deba debate because it's an impossible one to, to win. There are great points for both sides. But if we look at Bruce Springsteen, you know, what has Bruce Springsteen done to us, the fans? Um, has he done talked about politics in his concerts that have offended some fans? For sure. Right. Uh, you know, I tend to agree with his politics, but I can understand why other people haven't. There's a friend of mine who is very involved in the conservative party of Canada, Ontario. And he said, when he talked about Bush, he just gritted his teeth and waited for it to be over. You know, did he talk about the police? I thought that was fair, but I have relatives in law enforcement who hated it. Um, his situation with his wife, I can, you know, his first wife, I can see how people would ob object to that. But again, I think that's none of our business, what goes on in a marriage. So, you know, you, you look at those things, those are all very artistic decisions, personal choices, when it comes down to what we're seeing now, he charged market value for his tickets. And then when he was asked about it, he answered honestly about why they made the decision. I don't think that's worth, you know, vilifying. And is he mad at Ticketmaster for the way it went down? It seems like his was the first one that rolled out in those rare but super expensive tickets 
caught everybody's they caught my attention you know i didn't like it either but he you know he needs them to run his business i, I would even argue that they are more of his customers in the new reality than we are so is he going to alienate that relationship I don't think so. Would he? Did he work behind the scenes? Probably. Are we ever going to find out about it? No, it's none of our business. He's not going to throw his business partners under the bus. That's just respectable. So I think if we're mad at somebody for charging market rate and being honest about their answer, I don't think that's on Bruce Springsteen. I think that's on us. And, you know, Craig, I also think it it is it is upon us to when we're talking about bruce springsteen are we talking bruce springsteen the artist are we talking bruce springsteen the corporate entertainment that's john landau that's barbara carr that is everyone involved that is is creating bruce springsteen the product right um this is um this is not a singer songwriter talking to poor david's pub directly and says oh yeah i can play and uh you know uh, oh you're gonna pay me a grand okay you know or i i get the gate right this is there is huge things uh tyler may and cohen cohen the uh dave Ramon co uh, the guy who does cocaines and rhinestones talked about in an interview that Ticketmaster is the is the bad guy for the artists that they are the middleman that are doing sometimes the dirty work that necessarily artists don't want to do. I don't know if that's necessarily a true statement, but I think your point about they are his client, that he, you know, that they, you know, he goes to them and they sell. Um, and what I've said over and over again is the only way I think everyone would be happy is if everyone got the tickets they wanted at the shows they wanted in the section they wanted at the price they want to pay because you've seen people like oh yeah i don't if i can't be in the pit i don't want to go okay that's kind of your choice then right yeah there's a lot of that you know i went to a springsteen show in ottawa in 2003 and I had bought tickets for the pit. I'd finally been able to get them. And I drove from Toronto. It started like three in the morning or something to be early there early enough to line up. And somebody had gotten off the bus and said they had their own lineup. People had signed up. Uh, people had signed up online to, for, to line up for the pit. And there was a big discussion between the people who operated the venue and this guy getting off the bus to went on to all these shows. So certainly there's a bit of entitlement there in some sections. Uh, but I also want to say, you know, I'm sympathetic to the fans who can't go. You know, my the first concert I went to was when my mother took my brothers and my dad and I to see Tom Jones at the Fort William Garden. And that was a very affordable thing for them to do. And my brother was saying he wants to take his kids to see Springsteen. He doesn't know if he can. He did manage to get inexpensive seats up behind the stage that his kids are going to complain about but you know it's still it's a tough pill to swallow for those things but again i don't think that's springsteen's fault you know i i wanted to take my family again my sons they're 18 and 14 now their first concerts were bruce springsteen one when they, both when they were about eight years old but i wanted them to see them as an adult so for me to do that uh it's the cost of renting a cottage for a week yes. to, to go do that. It's 
it's not insignificant. But on the other hand, on the other hand, Bruce Springsteen is going to be 74 years old by the time we see it, right? How long will Bruce Springsteen still be able to do this show? What would you pay if you want, if, what would I pay to see Muddy Waters, right? Bruce Springsteen is, is one of the greatest performers ever. He is also a link back to like 1950s rock and roll and 1960s uh, soul performers. There just isn't anything out there like that. Not really. And the thing that I would compare it to is Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy's on a farewell tour. I saw him first concert after the pandemic. And Buddy Guy is the last torchbearer of Chicago blues. And in his show, he makes sure you know it. You are not going to see this again. And he'll just stop and tell stories. He stopped and said, you know, I was 14 years old before I uh, I saw running water. We drank from the stream. And after it rained, the stream, the all the gunk in the stream cleared up and we got nice clear water. You're just not going to see anything like that. So is uh is it better off to spend that money on a week at a cottage or to see Bruce Springsteen in a way they're going to remember? I think that's a fair discussion. Yeah. And I do think that sometimes um, we fans can be spoiled. Um, and I'm going to kind of drift this over to um, there has been a lot of feedback about the set list and how it's pretty static so far. And um, I am a belief that similar to Broadway, he is telling a story. He has a story he wants to tell this tour. And that's why there is very little adjustments. Um, I think he does some changes based on the availability of, of his lineup, right? Because of the of, of fighting COVID. But there is a... There is a reason why he is picking the songs he's picking and doing in that order. Um, I know you haven't got to see him yet, but you do know you have talked about all the set list. Based on what you've seen dry, and I know you haven't experienced it emotionally yet, do you think I may have something going on there? Well, I think you're right. Uh, you know, I think second guessing the set list is kind of a mugs game. Like, as you said, I want these seats where I want them in this price range. You know, Bruce Springsteen isn't doing a show just for you. Right. Um, we don't get to make the set list for Bruce Springsteen. And quite frankly, Bruce Springsteen could do a thousand different shows and I would love every one of them. So, you know, is it, is it depriving us of some fun to go, Oh, he, he, he played that and I can watch it on YouTube. Well, you know, I think the concert is for the people who are in the stands that night. And if you choose to go to multiple shows, as you know, I have, um, then you get to see that same show uh, again. So if you're disappointed, well, you know, kind of who cares? I'm going to both shows in Toronto because, you know, I saw the last time he did two shows in Toronto, they were quite different. If they're not different this time, that's not on him. That's on me. I will say one thing about the set list. 
I would say, given the current conversations, adding pay me my money down in the middle of the show is somewhere between cheeky and maybe a little tone deaf. Uh, I'd yeah. have to see how that went over. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that's the best song for Bruce to be picking right now. But, you know, I'm not Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I did. I did get a kick out of that. Um, the um, that is one of my um my son always sings that when it's when it's annual review time like he always will talk about that to me like you know uh and and start quoting that because you know he's up for his annual increase right, right. um yeah i i do think that could have been uh i had not thought of that but that's that's pretty funny yeah i saw I, uh, him just went really really bruce yeah all right <laughs> um it is um I also, um, it is a well-rehearsed um, tour, and I'm always struck when I get back in front of the, is how little there is, there is no two spaces after a period, <laughs> like we used to have to do in a typewriter on a Bruce show. The song ends, they start the next one. Ends, next one. There is if he just took an a minute between each show, it would be another, you know, 25, 30 minutes long. And he just moves. He goes on and on and on, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it depends on the show. Uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen this show, but if that's what he's doing, you know, that's great. I saw his last of the tour in 2009 yeah. uh, when he played all of uh, Greetings from Asbury Park. And there were some yeah. pauses in there as they moved between them, quite yeah. pregnant, but you know, whatever, uh, you know, I think what you're getting at, I believe is people criticizing the length of time the show is too, yeah. which I also two hours, 45 minutes is I don't, pretty set. That's, yeah, I mean, I don't, so what? Um, Dale Hosick um, was um, called me after he had gone up to the Steve Earl benefit and um and he is he knew Bruce was going to do two or three songs and he assumed it would be Bruce and his guitar acoustical set and Steve Earl's band stayed on stage and you got a three or four song of Bruce with a full band. And Dale said, let's quit talking about time. That was 12 minutes. And I felt as I'm like, OK, that was worth my money. Just that 12 set that experience. And so I, I do I, I I think we can overthink things and we can overcompensate versus, and, and I do this a lot with films, Craig, is I, I ask myself at the end of the film, did I enjoy it? And I go, yes or no. And then later when people are like, oh, look what was all wrong with it. And oh, this DC universe sucks. I'm like, all I know is at the end when the credits were rolling, I went, okay, I had a pretty good time. And that was on each of these three shows, I said I had a fantastic time, that I was thrilled that I had a chance to be in the building and to experience the band live with, all, with, a, with many, many other fans enjoying the hell out of themselves. Well, I totally agree. I mean, I don't have much sympathy for counting. They got 28 songs and we got 26. You got to see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You're not going to get to do that much longer, not like this. And we don't know, we don't know how long, but, you know, enjoy that. 
And that being yeah. said, like everybody has a right to their own opinion. And even, oh, absolutely. With, even with backstreets, um, I'm not really criticizing them. You know, that those people dedicated their life to reporting this. And if that's not how they want to spend their time and energy, they have every right to make that decision. And I think we need to be appreciative of what they've done for us fans over the years. Yeah. Um, don't be sad it's over. Be glad it happened, right? Is uh that's all the, of it. Yeah, and I think that's really true. Um do in the other thing I wanted to just stress is you mentioned what and you and I are in agreement, what an artist owes us is um creative creative endeavor and you either enjoy it or you don't. There's all of us have albums that we don't like as much as others. And they're all different, right? Because if you rank, people will rank things different. Um and I think I'm really happy as a Springsteen fan that he is seems to be with Western Stars, Letter to You, Only the Strong, still pushing creative muscles, still trying different things, still having fun, and still trying to surprise us. I think as a, you know, Springsteen is my favorite artist, period, in any genre, anything. And a lot of it is for that reason. He's somebody who has pushed himself creatively all the time. We're not getting the same album, the same sound over and over. He's tried new things. And whether they work for you all the time or not, doesn't matter. He's pushed through creative slumps. Uh, you know, he did a whole book tour where all he did was let us take pictures with him. Right. And I went to one yeah. of those and I wondered why I was there. I love this guy's music, but do I want to be there for 12 seconds. What am I getting out of that? And when I got there, I realized he knew what that moment was. He created a little connection. He looked me in the eye, shook my hand, you know, laughed at my joke. He, he understood what that connection is. As far as being a fan and our relationship with an artist, I think we've done better than almost any group of fans. Anytime, you know, I like the Rolling Stones, but Boy, you know, I wish Keith Richards would stop talking a lot. Like, look what they've done. They've created a bunch of albums that aren't great or even good in a long time. And them, you know, part of their shtick is not behaving well. But I also think, you know, you talk about being spoiled. What, Bruce has done so many things well that it has also created this expectation among certain people that he should do everything well, that he's somehow superhuman. And even he talks about it. I think it was in VH1. He talked about being at a strip bar and people found him there. And whatever you're doing there. And he said, well, I'm not actually Bruce. St. Bruce is out somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, my, one of my degrees is in English literature. And when we studied an artist, we studied all of them, the the good, the bad, every aspect of it. I think it's worth, even this is worth knowing, you know, uh, who is Bruce Springsteen and what does that mean to, to his art? You know, you talked about him as a businessman and as a singer songwriter, I think in interpreting his work, I don't think you have to separate them. You know, you too said that Urbano from you too said, if you really want to know about a band, look at their business. So you know, you look at the, the business as part of, of Springsteen and that 
certainly informs the way we interpret some of his music, especially as it's evolved. So, you know, I just think that we've done very well by Bruce Springsteen. And I think the, the problems with ticketing are not his problems, but I'm very sympathetic to the people who can't afford to go to things. You know, and for me, it's not even Bruce Springsteen because I'm paying to see him more than I should probably. Um, you asked me once, how many have I been to? How many shows have I been to? And it's as many as I can afford both financially and within the bounds of my my marriage. Yes. Um, but it's the other people like Kiss is coming on its farewell tour. I'm not a big Kiss fan, but I've grown up with them. My wife have, and I have grown up with them and they're coming to Toronto. And we looked at, would you like to go to see a Kiss show? Sure. I would love to go to a Kiss show just to see them once. Do I want to pay 120 bucks a ticket? Absolutely not. So I wonder how that's all going to play out. And on that one, I think I am going to play the day day of concert game and see if any drop to a price that I'm willing to pay. Yeah, so I I've talked about this before, but I don't know if I've if it if it's an episode that I've released. So um listeners, if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But um I've struggled with my weight my whole life. And I re- something made really stuck with me. I was in a Weight Watchers meeting and the group leader said too many people want a cupcake and they do the worst of both words worlds they eat the cupcake and feel guilty the rest of the day that they ate the cupcake or they don't eat the cupcake and then they are mad at themselves and depressed that they didn't ha- get to have the cupcake and they felt sorry for themselves and they deprived she goes i suggest if you want the cupcake eat it enjoy it savor every flavor be say i wanted it i ate it i am happy then get back on to your you know plan or no i'm not going to eat the cupcake and be proud that you stuck to your plan and move on and she goes and neither one is the right decision it either both of them are the correct decision just and and I think that's what we do sometimes is I, I, I really, really need to have tickets. So now that I've overpaid and I'm mad at myself because I've overpaid or I don't want to overpay tickets. So I'm going to take a chance and, oh, guess what? They never dropped and I'm going to miss the show. And I'm, I have not bought any tickets on the second round and I'm waiting to see what happens. And if I end up not going to any shows, Okay, you know, I got to see three shows. But if there absolutely was a show like I need to go, I'm 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 going to I want to make sure I have airfare, I want to make sure I have a either an Airbnb or hotel. Yes, I'm going to overpay for tickets because I want that certainty. Um thoughts on that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if I had known there were shows in Toronto, I probably wouldn't have bought for Buffalo and Detroit. And I bought Buffalo and Detroit because there was just that opportunity and my eyes got bigger than my stomach. Um, but I had a good year. I'm self-employed, but so I had a good year last year, so I can afford it. So I just think you're you're absolutely right. Look, if you can afford to go pay the money uh, and accept that you are paying for something of value, right? You know, 
I think everybody agrees that if you're going to pay in this fan group, anyway, if you're going to pay for one ticket, it's going to be Bruce Springsteen. Yes. And it's becoming a more rare commodity. So, yeah, I think we're actually uh, past a lot of this. I don't hear a lot more complaining about the tickets. There are certain people who just complain about it. I expect, I expect when he comes to Toronto and there's some media coverage, ticket prices will be part of it because that is now attached to him. But uh, personally, I do not regret the spends. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Bruce Springsteen perform again. And I'm going to enjoy it while I can. And I'm glad I'm taking my kids. And and one concert, I'm going with my younger brother, who's a huge fan. And I, the other one, I'm going with my older brother, who is uh, was a fan first, not as big a fan as we are. And I'm just going to enjoy the people I'm with and having that experience. And the last show I'll see is with my family. So, yeah, uh, that's there is a beauty to that. Uh, and and I I will tell you that when I was in Houston and he said, I wrote this song 50 years ago and we all went. <gasps> and when he, and I still don't know what the F it's about. And he starts into, I am, if I was the priest, it, it, it was like, I, I wasn't worried about money to begin with, but then it was like, okay, this, this is lightning in a bottle that we've gotten uh and how great was that and and you know somebody else brought a good thing like <laughs> on this tour all the letter to you and only the strong songs are all personal premieres for everyone if this is your first show so you're getting a ton of shows live that you've never had the chance to hear before yeah absolutely and, and you know I, I just don't have much patience for the for the yes. set list second guessing, right? Absolutely. Bruce Springsteen could do whatever he wants, especially 73-year-old Bruce Springsteen can do whatever he wants. And he's earned that right. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, you know, the, one of the big points of my article was let's not deify Bruce Springsteen. Let's right. look at him as a as a person. Uh, he's admitted his fallibilities. Um, and I'm not trying to deify him. All I'm saying is, as someone who has invested in the fan artist relationship here i think we've done really well i think he's done really well and i you know i think we should all appreciate that he kind of hasn't taken shots at anyone uh even though a lot of things have been directed this way i don't you know this working man hero thing i don't think we've seen that in his music in a long time no right no i don't and and i think you said it really well i think you know you said that um, I think Backstreet needs to cut Springsteen some slack, but we also need to give Christopher Phillips the same break, right? There is, it is not our God-given right for Backstreets to keep being in business so that we can go to a place to discuss, you know, the set list and see. Um, and and I am. I do a lot of podcasts, Craig, and I drop a podcast if if my hosts are doing nothing but complaining about the show that they're covering, I end up, okay, you know what, then stop watching it, you know, and don't do a podcast where you're just complaining on and on about the show, um, and, and, and so I, I want 
if if you're if if covering something, if writing about something, if singing about something no longer brings you joy, then move on to what can give you joy. And yeah, what's I think that, that saying? No one, no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is so well done, right? Uh, and so I, I think you could make that argument, right? No one dislikes Bruce Springsteen set list as much as Bruce Springsteen fans. So uh, I am thrilled. I can't wait for you to go. Um, I'd love to hear you back once you're gone and and kind of tell me your thoughts and feels. I, I know you're going to love it. Um, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Uh, they can reach me at uh, Craig at ColbyVision.net. You can go to my website. There's a book a meeting thing, which gets my emails. And my my website is uh, www.colbyvision.net. And, you know, I also want to thank everybody who read my article and shared some feedback, negative or positive. Uh, really appreciate that this was a forum through which people could discuss their feelings on this. And shameless plug time, if people like that article, they can pick up my latest book, which is all caps, Stories That Justify an Outrageous Hat Collection, which is uh, very much a collection of personal stories. A, a little bit inspired by Bruce Springsteen in that it looks like one thing, but it's actually something else. So say again. The book is called all caps, stories that justify an outrageous hat collection. It looks like it's a book about hats, but it's actually about the importance of human connection and, and what happens when it's broken. And it won the Canadian Book Club Award for Best Nonfiction Book of 2022. So if you uh, like the writing, there's more of it. Yes, I, I just see that um, it is available. Uh, I just looked at your link. Um, I will be checking it out. Uh, absolutely. Um, I was just going to ask you, do you have anything you want to promote? So we were in that's, sync. That's yes. it. That's it. Yeah. And I'm working on the next book, which will have a Bruce Springsteen story in it. Very nice. Well, I love this. Craig, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. I always enjoy visiting with you. Uh, you're a good guy. We have a lot of fun internet, you know, back and forth on social media. So safe travels, your family, enjoy the shows and uh, be sure and reach back to me afterwards. And let me know what you think. Yeah, I won't keep my feelings a secret, but I'm pretty sure you already know what the, the answer is going to be. Yes, absolutely. All right, listeners, uh, we continue to count down to episode 1000. Uh, it's getting closer and closer. So please remember to subscribe. Uh, give me your feedback. Let's be kind and let's be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I want to give a shout out to all my wonderful patrons who support me by giving a few dollars every month to the podcast. I want to thank Mary, Chris, Anna, Terry, Dale, Steve, Stephen, Levi, Betsy, John, Bella, Crystal, Rob, Ghost of Floyd, Steve, Fernando, and Yetta. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the help. 
and I appreciate you so much. If you want to be part of the Patreon group, reach out to patreon.com, search for Set Lusting Bruce, and you can get access to unedited episodes, early access to episodes, and my routine blogs. Thank you, and now on to the show. There we go, another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.